buddy. Hi, guys. Well, from still smoky Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on the show today, Dan, oh my God, it's Mormon Schism Part 2. Unplanned. Yeah, well, we didn't... The, the the, The Mormon church is like... They were alienated one group, and now they've gone and alienated another group. Let me tell you something. We're going to talk about it. Shots fired. <laughs> uh, literal musket shots have been fired. and fired. And lots of people are very Ooh. upset right now. Uh, it's unbelievable. It's the, the, the world of Mormonism is exploding. Yeah. The, the skiz continues. <laughs> just just Which, don't. Here's the, here's the look. If you're, if you're starting a religion out there. Just one of the lessons is everyone at the top can't be octogenarians. Yeah. You just can't. Yeah, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Uh, also, uh, we, uh, we've we been discussing how to spell skiz. Yeah. We don't know. Sk- we like the term skiz as a, as a cute little truncation of schism. Yeah. But uh, S-C-H-I-Z. I think we should just go straight for it. S-K-I-Z. Skiz. Skiz. Thing. I don't know. Hashtag skiz. Yeah. It's hard. Let us know. Hashtag us. Matter of fact, tweet at us <laughs> with with your preferred hashtag mm. about uh what 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 truncation of schism you like. Yeah. Well the the act of schisming. Schism, schism, Mormonism. Schiz. <laughs> oh, it's good times. All right, Dan. Yeah. I debated whether to tell this story. Uh, this, uh, comes to us from, uh, Zambia. Okay. Uh, where a pastor by the name of James Sakala decided that he was going to do one of these giant public gestures to like, Oh no. In, like it's faith promoting. It's, uh, it shows, shows him off and his great powers. Right. But somehow he got painted into a corner on one of these that wasn't necessarily a good idea. Look, anytime uh, you hear about anyone in Africa, any pastor in Africa who decides to do a stunt, yeah, horrible things are about to happen. <laughs> well, this one, he promised uh, resurrection. Yeah, of course he did. Of himself. What? Now, there, after I, three I can, days. I'm going to predict one problem with this, which is that in order to be resurrected, you kind of got to die. <laughs> yeah. And so he had him, his his congregants uh, bury him alive. Oh, God. Uh, with the understanding that he would be back. Um, okay. And, uh, well, when he didn't just appear to them, <laughs> uh, they decided that maybe they should dig up oh, no. the grave. That they had buried him in. Oh, God. And uh, I found this. I saw this story from a few different sources. And I chose the source that I have in my hands right now. Yeah. Because it was a local source. Oh, God. And they're reporting this one sentence. Actually, it's two sentences. uh, just, Just encapsulated the whole situation so well. Uh, after three days, his church members went digging his grave just to find him dead. The pastor was dry like old sugar cane. <laughs> and I just, what a wonderful, wonderful image. 
an imagery that would never come to my mind. No. Uh, dry like old sugar cane. Oh, and God. uh yeah. you don't want you don't want to dry past her is what because because <laughs> that's uh you oh you buried him wrong yeah is what you did well they left out the tube they left out the breathing tube yeah it does seem like um, what likely happened was a malfunction of uh, whatever trick mm-hmm. was supposed to save him yeah there was very clearly supposed to be a trick yeah and instead he died a horrible terrifying painful death yeah as more and more dirt just piled up on top of him. And as he like as he clawed for his life. Yeah, he the... probably tried to get a little. He probably had his mouth, hands over his mouth. Was he not in a box? I don't know. I didn't see that part of it. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Nothing is okay about that. Anyway, don't, don't, don't be a pastor in Zambia. It is in almost anywhere no, no, no. in Africa. It's, it's bad for your health. Uh, just don't do a stunt. Just don't do a stunt. You can go be a pastor in Zambia. Just not that kind stunt. of stunt. You can pull all kinds of stunts. You can uh, yeah. you can do you know miracle healings. You can do you mm. can you know put people's wallet in your shoe and then it'll somehow <laughs> like get better or whatever. They'll get money. Yeah. Uh, but if you but don't you 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 can't tempt fate. You d- yeah. don't go running towards lions. Yeah. Uh, don't go, you know, none of those things. Don't make promises you can't keep. And this, you know what happened. You know, somehow he got, he went down some road during a, 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 a sermon, right? Right. He's preaching and he somehow got down, down the road of like resurrection that he could be resurrected. And then it just started to like spiral out of control. Just he not- just couldn't figure out how to get out of it. No. Except for climbing into the grave and just, letting himself be buried. I gotta figure that some of these dudes must believe their own hype. You think they're like lunatics? A few of them genuinely just, they've said it so much to all of these people hmm. that they just buy into it. You know, I think a lot of people are like this, especially like megalo- megalomaniacal, I can't say a word, but. Megalomaniacs? megalomaniacs they are prone to believing their own bullshit after a minute and oh I, I you look at donald trump yeah when he is lying through his teeth i think the fact that he's saying it makes him believe that it's true because why yeah of course because he's, yeah, he's, he, he's saying everything good and, yeah. i just think i just think a lot of these guys genuinely believe their own shit now most people when they you know, when they spout bullshit about how I can walk on water, they know they can't. Like, do not attempt a demonstration of this. You are going to fail. Well, I'd love to see that stunt. <laughs> That's a much safer stunt. Unless it's like crocodile-filled water or yeah, something. Like or something. That, but... Anyway, uh, I'm going to take us to uh, Down Under to Sydney, Australia. Okay. Where apparently... They actually care about making sure that uh, some, at least, COVID restrictions are followed, even by churches. What? There was a, uh, they, they are in a lockdown down there, the, <laughs> they, del- the Delta variant. They are more often in a lockdown in Australia, it seems, oh, yeah. than not in a lockdown. It's, it's lockdown days. under is what it is. Oh, yeah. Now, that's a copyrighted. Uh, trademark of the Thank God I'm Atheist podcast. 
<laughs> Lockdown under. Anyway, uh, so despite the lockdown, Christ Embassy Sydney Church uh, decided to have a meeting. That's a dumb name. Yeah, it is a dumb name. Uh, <laughs> they had a whole big thing. They, they, the music was there. There was singing. There was dancing. There, I, I saw a video of it. There oh, was yeah. a, it was hooting and a hollering. Oh, great. Uh, having a good time. Yeah, at least 60 adults and children were inside. Well, good. Good for them. <laughs> Indoors. Yeah. Away from crowds. They were a crowd. They, they, they were like, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? They, they were locked down together. Locked down they together? Had a, they had a pod. They were their bubble, their own they're, bubble? They're, yeah. Well, that's not how the police saw it. <laughs> uh, and they issued at least 30 thousand dollar fines to the thirty one thousand dollar fine yeah okay at least 30 people received a one thousand dollar fine yeah okay uh and the church was 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 fined five thousand dollars okay so you know i it's that's probably you know that's probably like 82 dollars in real money but uh because that's that's australian dollars but they're doing fine no it's like 750 i think yeah dollars so like a real that is not nothing to be sniffed at fine that's not a slap on the wrist right that is that that'll get you where it hurts yeah i mean so i'm glad also, i'm very it's happy also not like overly punitive either like no you, no nobody nobody wants to dish that out but yeah it's it probably won't wreck people forever but it's sharp enough it, that like other be, people will st- Definitely consider not going to. Ch- they will not yeah. opt into that again. Yeah, I mean, if if they're, you know, I mean, they may not. I mean, it is hard times with like COVID and lockdowns and blah blah blah. I don't know exactly how Australia's doing, it. but it, I mean, it could really hurt some people, right? What the like if if you re- if if you didn't have any like emergency fund or oh yeah savings or little extra cash around that's gonna hurt that that the fine you're saying the fine yeah Yeah, absolutely absolutely the church will be fine five thousand they should bump that up a little bit but yeah probably yeah make them sell some pews off i feel like yeah if a church does it it should be way more than that like you need to hit churches hard for that sort of thing but hey look the fact that they hit a church at all yeah proves that they're better than our stupid country yeah no kidding huh all right oh dan yeah (sighs) I am having a hard time following too closely everything that's going on in Afghanistan. I'm I'm following it enough to feel like I'm decently informed. I know what's going on, but I can't just like turn on the news night after night after night because it's, it's rough. It's rough right now. It is. And it's, it's hard to, hard to look at, hard to watch. Um, but you know, sometimes you just have to like face, reality and whatnot well here's a story from afghanistan uh you know one of the things the taliban did when they first came swooping in uh was they promised that this time it would be different (laughs) right especially with regard to women it wasn't going to be quite the same horror show yeah for women this time yeah a little bit of a horror show but not not the you know burkas and yeah. Women can't work and women just have to stay at home and women <laughs> have to be accompanied everywhere by a man well, and so forth and so and on. And if there's one thing we know about the Taliban, 
they're true to their word. Oh, like, yeah. that's, you're not going to fuck catch them fibbing. Well, and they're <laughs> they're really trying to like they're 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 playing a game this time where they're like they're like because last time they just decided we don't care. We're just going to go it alone. The international community be damned. Right. And this time they're doing things like having a spokesperson. Right. There's an official Taliban spokesperson, which blows my mind. <laughs> they're so organized. The guy's name is Z- Zabiullah uh, Maju- Maju- no, Mujahid. Uh, Nailed Muj- it. Mujahid. Yep. Um, sorry, everybody. Um, I should have practiced that. Um, but he said at a news conference, Taliban had a news conference. Right. right. This is just what is going on. I guess I'm actually ahead of myself. The Taliban has officially told working women to now stay home. Okay, great. Um, Perfect. Uh, but they're saying that the reason that the women need to stay home is because it's not safe for them in the presence of their soldiers. <laughs> because we can't control these guys. We don't know what they're going to do. Because they are, quote, not trained to respect them. Well, whose fault is that? <laughs> Ding dong. Exactly. You want to be different this time? Get some trainings going. You yeah. want to be like the nice organization with a <laughs> spokesperson? Can you got to just... like have group training sessions about respecting women. <laughs> Can I just call everyone's mind to the, the possibility of a Taliban corporate video <laughs> that you have to sit down for that's just like we don't like sexism in the workplace All right what do you do when you're raiding a village and you come across a woman <laughs> well <laughs> muhammad does the wrong thing yeah well so their spokesperson mujahid uh Tab- i won't say his first name uh said that the guidance to stay home is temporary, right? This right, just saying. until the soldiers mm-hmm. all know not to rape everybody. And he said, uh, and they're, um, they need time uh, to find ways to ensure that women are not, uh, quote, treated in a disrespectful way or, quote, God forbid, hurt. Uh, he admitted the measure was necessary because the Taliban soldiers, quote, keep changing and are, and are not trained. <laughs> Uh, we are happy for them, meaning the women uh, of, of Afghanistan, yeah. to enter the buildings, but we want to make sure they do not face any worries. Uh, therefore, we have asked them to take time off from work until the situation gets back to a normal order and women-related procedures are in place. <laughs> oh then God. they can return to their jobs once it's announced. Look. We've unleashed an unholy demon upon the land, and frankly, it's not housebroken yet. Yeah. So, probably better just to stay inside. We'll we'll get it all handled. It's this is a temporary measure. Probably take forty, fifty years tops. <laughs> uh, then you can come back out to the workplace. You'll be fine. Oh, I just I I just read this, and I was like, I was like, ah, oh, I. The idea that it is somehow the women's problem, right? <laughs> and I mean, we talk about this and this, we'll talk about similar sort of things that it's, oh, 
like it's the like it's the woman's problem or like it's this you know this group's problem right you know the majority or men or whoever just need to like they're the ones right who need to get good on this issue this is a little more extreme of an example yeah but good god this is not the women of afghanistan's problem right but like it's the rapey horrible uh uh soldiers yeah who hate women and not for nothing like I love this whole thing that it's like they have to that the, the, these these guys are not trained well enough because clearly Islam and extreme Islam didn't do a good job in and of itself well, to teach these men to just not rape women the, the willy nilly. The problem is they've been trained in the opposite direction. Like the Taliban has trained their people for forever. In rape culture. You're yeah. supposed to have rape culture, <sighs> according to the Taliban. You And you can't do that. You can't, like, that can't be your ethos. And then you turn around and you're like, <laughs> everybody be cool now. We're not doing that anymore. Right. It's not going to work. No, but I love to, my, my, I guess my point is I love to hear Muslims talk about that the Islam A is so peaceful. Right. right? Great. Yeah. <laughs> right. Show me more examples of that, please. Um, but the other part is they always talk about women and how respected they are. Right. And like, and it's like, clearly that is not a central message of Islam. No, you, absolutely you're, you, not. you are shoehorning that in. It, right. And I don't even actually buy it from you. Right. As you're saying it, as you're forcing women to it at a bare minimum, wear a hijab. At, yeah. Maybe at your prog progressive mosque in Portland, <laughs> uh, it's a lot. It's different. Right. But that's not the heart of Islam. No. So let's. Ah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I, speaking of progressive, I'm going to take us to Cambridge, Massachusetts. And anyone who's heard someone say, oh, I went to school at Cambridge knows how snooty the word Cambridge can be said. Anyway. <laughs> You were in okay. Boston. Shut up. Anyway, uh, no, the uh, Harvard University was founded as a religious institution. It mm. was founded, um, named after a pastor, John Harvard, um, and basically uh, founded as a way of making sure that their, uh, that their pastors, back in the 1630s when it was founded, Jeez. had an institution to keep them literate. They wanted. They oh, want, you have to be able to read the Bible. They want literate pastors. Uh, we should get back to that. I feel. I feel like <laughs> Greg Locke should look into that. Uh, but that learn is, to read, dude. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit of literacy would go a long way. Uh, of course, Harvard University is no longer just a clergy training center. Oh, really? That's really what they're best known for. <laughs> just, there's that, and then there's you know Ted Cruz getting a law degree. So. <laughs> great thanks harvard <laughs> that's your fault that's on you harvard anyway uh so uh here's the thing chaplainry is a big deal on harvard's campus mm. uh they have chaplains from uh christian sects and jewish hindu uh buddhist they even have you uh name it really they have baha'i that's yeah. Uh, as, as far as I know, I, I I believe I read that. Anyway, 
lots of different chaplains, but they just got a new uh, a new head cha- a president of the uh, of the chaplain organization, whatever it's called. Hmm. And that is one Greg Epstein, who we have talked about before. Yeah, yeah. He's the he's the author of Good Without God, which is yeah. a, a book. He's an atheist. Yeah. And yeah, he is yeah. now the head chaplain at one of the top schools in the world. Oh my god. I think that's so fascinating. Hellbent on destroying the chaplaincy. Just from the inside. Just rotting it from its core. <laughs> uh, as I'm sure some people. <laughs> oh yeah. I was Actually, reading the, I was reading all about this in the New York Times and I went I I I did meander into the comment section which I don't. I do it so you don't have to. I don't recommend you guys uh, wandering in there. But boy, I didn't even know the New York Times. Ha- and I go on the New York Times all the time. Where is it? You just got. You, you just got to know where to look. Is it like at the end of the article? I rarely finish articles. Uh, yeah, you can. You can find it at the end, or you can find it. There's a little thing at the top on the right hand corner. I do the thing where you read like the first five paragraphs and go, "Yeah, I got it." Yeah. Got it's, it. That's all you need. I got the story. I actually, Moving on. you, you got to skip the first three paragraphs, which mm. are all just sort of background fluff. Right. I don't need any of that. Read two and you're done. Skip three, read two. You got it. Yeah. What more do you need? Then they're going to go back to fluff again. Yeah, no, it's true. Then they're going to start interviewing people about the impact or something. I don't need to like, know that. Shut up. I don't. <laughs> why would I care? So apparently there's comments at the bottom. I had About no the idea. lived experience. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, but yes, there are. There are some people who are very upset about it and other people who are very happy about it. Hmm. A lot of people saying things like, um, well, then he's not a chaplain by definition, which, okay, hmm. if, you, if, you, if you want to define chaplain that way, guess what? Definitions are just, uh, they're not rules. They're, they're just ways that they just describe how a word's being used. <laughs> so... Just change your definition then. And then he is a chaplain. Yeah. But he's out there doing good work. And I think I think we need more uh, atheist chaplaincy, I think, hmm. just in the universe. We need more atheists helping, sort of sort of shepherding people through some of the deep questions of, of hmm. life. Yeah. I, I'm a huge supporter of this idea. Hmm. I want there to be more of this. I want there to be more organizations guiding people, helping people that 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 want some help. I love it. I love the the whole thing. Hmm. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, Dan. Yeah. There was a headline that was like bouncing all around uh, this week. I kept seeing it different places, saying that uh, most Americans now accept evolution. Yes, I saw that. Yeah. And I kind of was like, I didn't feel like I needed to read the article because there it was. Right. Right. Well, yes. Most Americans, (laughs) which by the way, that means we've hit over 50%. That is devastating to me. Yeah. When you actually like think about it. That is, I am heartbroken about that figure. That is, but it needs to be so much higher. It means evolution is on the climb in this country. As a concept. As a concept. Sure. And so- I uh, I stumbled upon this article while prepping for the show, uh, and it's on the Christian Post. Oh, dear. Uh, I just love reading these kind of 
articles from their perspective. From beyond the wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And while this wasn't, uh, they, they did a reasonably good job actually reporting this. Sure. Um, it wasn't too slanted. And I don't actually want to read it for, for the slant. Um, but they pulled some some nice things to be concerned about, oh, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and, and some of the things that they were talking about that makes sense um, as to like why this is the case, like why is this happening now, right? Um, apparently, um, between the years 1988 and 2018, so that's what a 30-year time period, um, almost twice as many Americans hold college degrees over mm. the 1988 number. Uh, and as the, one of the people they talked to, um, for this article points out, uh, it's hard to earn a college degree without acquiring at least a little respect for the su success of, uh, science. Yeah. Right. Um, which I think is a, a great way of saying it. Um, and let's see, but religious fundamentalism, which I always see as a pejorative term, apparently they <laughs> like this term, uh, was identified in the, in the study as the strongest factor leading Americans to reject evolution. Yeah. Uh, even though the population of Americans who identify as fundamentalists declined in the last decade, um, it says some 30% of Americans remain committed to their beliefs. Um, isn't that great? Um, and then according to the study, uh, even those who scored highest on the scale of religious fundamentalism shifted toward acceptance of evolution. Interesting. Uh, so in 1988, um, only 8% of fund fundamentalists accepted evolution. Uh, it's up to 32%. Okay. As of 2019, um, which is really interesting. Like that, actually really surprises me yeah and so it's it, it, it's not just that you know the the acceptance is expanding amongst college educated you know americans yeah. it's actually also expanding in in areas that you would least expect it um which i, I i'm still wrapping my head around that i'm i'm very happy they're only you know 80 years late to the party <laughs> hundred years late to the party more than that um and then uh let's see and then as far as like how the um political breakdown goes uh 34 percent of conservative republicans accept evolution while 83 percent of democrats accept evolution where are the rest of the democrats that 17 percent yeah um my guess is they're they're uh some sort of church going types. Uh, yeah, probably. Right. Um, but anyway, I think it's great. Uh, we're making progress. Uh, but there's obviously a lot of work left to do. Well, I think I, you know, that dovetails really interestingly with my last story. Hmm. I'm gonna ask you a question, Frank. Okay. Uh, and we'll see how you personally line up with <clears throat> our country. Okay. Pew asked this of respondents. Is it your best guess that intelligent life exists on other planets? Would you say it's your best guess that it does or does not? I say it does. Interesting. Uh, why? Just, uh, just so that the, the people know. Um, I just, you know, you think of the number of star systems that we can observe. You, you sort of just sort of look at like, 
you know, especially like with um, finding, being able to actually detect planets mm-hmm. now. Uh, but even before then, just the probability of it. If like, the, the if one billions in 1, 000, and billions yeah, of exactly. stars it's and then... Totally the Carl Sagan line of reasoning. Pl- planet, where, planets galore. Yeah, where it's just f- small, tiny, infinitesimal fractions of small, tiny fractions of small tiny fractions it's still a huge number of possibilities for, right. for human life so the chances the chances that this is the only rock in which it developed yeah i mean impossibly small it seems impossibly small whether they have opposable thumbs you know and make things but or if, or physical form or whatever who knows yeah exactly who knows what 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 is out there uh you are in agreement in with, with that position with 85% of atheists and agnostics in our country. Really? Okay. By far the highest number uh, oh. of, of the groups. Yeah. Okay. Uh, most atheists, agnostics, and, uh, and nuns definitely do uh, think that they're, definitely say that their best guess, because that's the wording, uh-huh. is that, they're, that intelligent life does exist on other... Uh, Somewhere else in the universe. Right. I'm not convinced it's on ours, but somewhere. <laughs> it's an old joke. Anyway, uh, yeah. So of other believers, uh, mm-hmm. you know, of other groups, it drops down. Now, okay. in interesting ways, I think, um, only 51% of Protestants uh, think that there are that there is uh, in- intelligent life out there. Mm-hmm. Forty percent of white evangelicals. Really? Okay. Uh, I think I, you know. My guess is that it, in part it's because one of the joys of being a f- sort of more fundamentalist Christian in this world is that we get to be special. Mm-hmm. We are God's special, special creation. Well, it gets really complicated if there's other planets. Yeah. With with intelligent life on them, yeah. right? With civilizations that, you know, probably have their God. What if they're even better than ours? Then then what? What if what if we're not the specialist? What if we're not God's real good boy? Yeah. Then that would be very sad. Yeah. Uh now mind you, um two thirds so two thirds of Catholics are 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 on board with okay. with alien life. Uh, mainline Protestants about half. Okay. Uh oh oh Catholic no can't, mainline Protestants are also at about two thirds. Uh, ha- black Protestants about fifty five percent. So it's a so overall Christians in the U S about fifty seven percent. Okay. Now here's an interesting thing. This came out because this report was was released because uh the Office of Na- National Intelligence released their report saying that they had that was like talked about a whole bunch of different quote unidentified aerial phenomena oh okay that's a different issue and you are correct to point it out (laughs) because once you start asking about ufos the numbers get all flipped and squirrely oh which is interesting really so if you ask about ufos uh and what they mean like do you do the UFOs mean intelligent life uh from other planets? Catholics it, Catholics go up. 
61 percent uh say that say that that they do um and then but if you ta- ask atheists mm-hmm. thir- only 31 percent oh wow yeah uh believe which is in line with white evangelicals who uh who 35 percent think that ufos mean intelligent life from interesting huh which makes sense because guess what kids while there's probably you know while probability probably suggests that there's intelligent life somewhere else in the world in the universe yeah the probability of them getting to us oh my god is almost nil yeah and 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 the question is why are they only appearing to people with (laughs) with with bad cameras right and what are they doing here and just like there's almost no chance like and and they have this like this ethos of like not going to it's never show me to your leader right no it's 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 like all right bubba we're gonna take you up and probe you (laughs) yeah like why is that the mo like it's 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 just improbable also like the the fat the thought of a ufo being a weird and and sort of inexplicable spy plane from another country yeah. is far more like you know a drone that can like dart around a lot or whatever that's far more likely than someone has figured out interstellar space travel mm-hmm. and has come here to kind of just zip around in the atmosphere and then leave yeah yeah, it just That's doesn't. Odd. It just doesn't make any doesn't, sense. Doesn't, yeah. That's really anyway, uh, I just thought that was interesting. Aliens, uh, they're they're uh, they're, they're not, out there. They're not among us. They're, they're out not there. Here. They're they're out there. They're out there. All right. Well, if you want to tell us why you think aliens are among us, uh, and don't say Donald Trump, because we have to claim <laughs> lizard, him lizard as much person. as we don't want to claim him as one of our own. Definitely is the one of the grossest. I watched Z. They have really good like prosthetics <laughs> that they can like cover their lizard faces up with. Oh my god, you just dated yourself so <laughs> hard. <laughs> or V, not Z. Oh, it was V. It was, it was V. The, the v. final battle. Yeah, we Ooh, are old so men. Good. Okay, uh, if you want to write to us, <laughs> podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Stick around. We have correspondence coming right up. Yoo-hoo! Oh, Frank. Dan! Uh, listen, Kenneth Copeland is 4,011 years old. <laughs> He's a very old man. Yeah, speaking of lizard people. He appeared on Victory Live. I think is I don't know if that's the name of the show or if that's just the bug up in the corner of the video. Okay. It, what I'm seeing, the video that I see for the clip that we're about to play I have to paint this picture for you. Okay. It looks like the Lawrence Welk show from the oh, 60s or 70s. Okay. Uh, there is a gauzy lavender curtain mm. uh, as the background, mm-hmm. sort of waving, uh, just rippled behind yeah, uh, the two people on stage. There's an older couple. I don't know if they're a couple. There's a 
There's two people probably in their, I'm going to say, 60s to 70s, on stage, a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. Neither of them are Kenneth Copeland. Okay. But we're going to be hearing from Kenneth Copeland. Uh, apparently, he was on the phone, mm. and the man is holding his phone up to the microphone that he is holding. Okay. And that's how we're getting the message. So you're, what you're prepping us for is the audio is not great. Audio is not going to be very good. Uh, Kenneth is taking some some breaths as he he's pausing dramatically. But he's what he's talking about, just so you know what he's getting himself into, is the COVID virus. Oh, boy. Uh, so please feel free to be confused when he starts by talking about a blanket of blood, and we'll just dive in from there. <laughs> Okay. And this morning as we pray, just suddenly I saw a blanket of blood. It it rippled like it had like a slight breeze on it. And as I watched it, and I watched this blanket of blood. It was everywhere, particularly over the United States and over our partners everywhere. And then a golden layer, just so gold, it was hard to, to it just, just this golden aura and cloud. A golden cloud right on top of the blood, and then I then I realized that it came up out of the blood, and just stunningly beautiful. And then angels began to crisscross over uh, over the top of all of that, and these golden rainbows came up out of that. Mm. And I saw all of the healing. The healing of lungs, the healing of lungs, and then the scriptures this morning as they came out of that song, and then and then the, the, the lungs and breathing you, breathing God down into our lungs, and people rising up, and I knew in my spirit, and I said it out loud with my mouth. Our breakthrough has come. And glory to God, the destruction, the final takedown of this synthetic virus that has been made by men as a weapon has has fallen. It's destroyed. It's destroyed. Mission accomplished! All you needed was a blanket of blood and some gold clouds you and gold rainbows. And- uh, what he didn't see was any vision of a shot going into anybody's arm. <laughs> but who needs a shot when you have a golden rainbow? Which, by the way, Kenneth, that is not how rainbows work, my friend. They are not golden. That's the whole. You missed the whole point of a rainbow. I don't know. I can imagine a golden rainbow. I feel like I can see it. I feel like he's just trying to get away from. The gay thing. I think the gays have ruined rainbows for him. Uh, He's trying to make them golden. golden. Or maybe McDonald's paid him 
a little bit of something. Oh, yeah. To just sort of just be like, wink, wink. Two golden rainbows. There you go. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. What is with, you know, we two little Mormon boys, uh, I don't think, I've never understood the obsession with blood that the evangelicals, I know. Like, they, we believed they in Jesus. They around in it. But it's, they just, they want to be bathed in the blood. I'm bathed in the blood. Yeah. I need a blanket of blood. How does that even work? How does that work? Like, that's... Is it That's dry? Disgusting. Is it a dried blanket I mean, blood blood blanket? Or is it like <laughs> if it's Logan. not if it's not dried blood, then like how is it holding together? I don't know. Am it's I wet? Just squishy. But it doesn't get you wet. It if doesn't I'm, make you wet with blood. I feel like if I'm sleeping under a blanket of blood, I'm waking up bloody. That's uh it's Jesus' blood. It's magical. <laughs> it, it's uh it does have golden magic gold. So yeah. yeah. And it's the most beautiful thing. <sighs> and thank God yeah, it that, has saved us that from horrifying image of blood and gold everywhere. <laughs> beautiful. Just beautiful. Just beautiful. And saving us from this synthetic virus. This man-made weapon. God, God, people need to stop with that one. Oh, well, they need the, the I mean, we're, we're just going to have another, another round of this shit because these people won't do anything. <laughs> I know. I have resigned myself to it. It's never ending. It's going to get a booster and then you're going to get another booster and they'll mm. change the shot so it covers the new stuff and you'll be mostly protected and yeah. it's uh yeah, it's here to stay. Yeah. All right. Uh before we all commit suicide from that thought, uh let's talk. We had some folks right into us. Uh and I appreciate it. Uh MF wrote in to say because you and I, Frank, we talked at length about um, the My Pillow guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell. Thank you, and his glorious mustache. <laughs> it's mainly his mustache that—that's what makes him. Well, that is him. Yeah. Uh, it's there. It's actually a parasite, uh, an alien parasite <laughs> that's controlling his motion and uh, and and his thoughts. I saw that episode of Star Trek. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, MF would like to say, I have to say, I love my pillow. <gasps> really? And bought so many because you and I made fun of the pillow. Yeah. Just thought it was ridiculous. Well, you said that there were like little sharp cubes of. It's just like of... cubes of foam. <laughs> I think that's all it is. Anyway, I, I, it must be comfy. He he's on to something. There you go. Clearly. Uh, I, I have to say, I love my pillow and I bought so many for my house and family and friends. I had no idea what an asshole he was when I bought them, but I sleep better with them. Oh no. I feel like I should give them away to people because I don't want anyone to buy another one. <laughs> we'll give one to me. We'll, 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 we'll give it a, we'll a test it out. We'll give you a test run and tell you what we think. <laughs> Send it in. Good oh, no. Lord. My pillow. Yeah. There you go. If it were the best pillow in the world, we I still wouldn't give that man my money. No. Somebody else will. Because, like, seriously, it doesn't have to be the best pillow for you to have a good night's sleep. Yeah. Right. Like, you just need a decent pillow. It's, it's actually true about most things in life. You don't need the best. Yeah. You just need the thing that works and is adequate. That's good. It's good yeah. enough. 
It's good enough. That is un-American. This, this obsession with the best, the best, the best. That is that is downright un-American of you to say that. <laughs> I need to spend the most to have the best. Uh, it's not even so much about spending the most. It's these people who like, and you know, I've I've fallen prey to this line of thinking, right? Like you're buying a new TV or whatever, yeah. right? I, or, or it's even worse than that. It's literally you are just shopping around for a pillow, right? But it's this it's this universe of like buying half or most of your stuff online. Yeah, you have to like read all these reviews, and you, and, and 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 so you get sucked into this thinking of like it must be the best thing, right? I must own the best toothbrush. A four and a half star toothbrush, not on my watch. <laughs> Where's the five star? <laughs> no, it's it's more that like it's when it's like only four stars. Yeah, where you're like, what's wrong with this product? Something not. Why is this not four and a half? Something's not right. Yeah, yeah. because because you have to have the four and a half because there's always going to be just the outliers who are yeah. like, it yeah, didn't yeah. clean my cats right and yeah. uh, whatever. And then I just bought a novelty hat on. <laughs> on amazon <laughs> and <laughs> because it's i don't want to get into it tis the time which is why i called it a novelty hat okay you bought a novelty i hat. bought a novelty hat on amazon so that you yeah so that you can go to novelty hat day it's a uh, you have to have there are occasions. There are for occasions novelty for novelty hats. hats. Okay, okay, perfect. And so I was I, I bought the four star one, but I was like, but it's what I want. Yeah, and it's just a novelty hat. It doesn't have to like. This is not going to have to hold up. To the this <laughs> the is quality. the best novelty hat ever, right? Right. Like, this this is going to last forever. I can hand it down to my children who will cherish. Yeah. The, if the, the if, the, if the rivets don't hold up into the generations. Yeah. It'll probably be okay for the novelty hat. Yeah. It's a visor that makes it look like you have a man bun. Oh, my on. God. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's uh, anyway, long story. There you go. <laughs> uh, Josh wrote into us. Hi, guys. Love the show, especially the weekly clip of some religious person saying something crazy. Yeah, hmm. we we do provide that. Uh, it reminds me of growing up as a Southern evangelical and all the wild stuff I heard from my mm. pastors. Mm. Uh, and then, uh, Josh wrote some nice condolences to you, Frank, because Josh and his partner also recently experienced a flood. Oh, so really? Sorry oh, about sorry, that. Josh. It's awful. Uh, Josh says, just in case you're not tracking, uh, there was a really interesting ruling out of the federal district court of, for Utah in the Getty versus the Corporation of the President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That is the official entity, mm -hmm. the Corporation of the President. That's a, as, as Josh points out, that's so many prepositions. <laughs> um, about a month ago, this case came out. Uh, in it, Laura Gaddy, a former Mormon, sued the church at Al for teaching falsehoods and violations of RICO laws. Oh, wow. Uh, citing the First Amendment, the judge dismissed most of her claims, but let her RICO claims stand because it dealt with the church's misrepresentation of that tithing would be used to build a mall. So RICO, the, those laws were designed to go after racketeering. And conspiracy, right? yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so, so there you go. Um, this is not, I don't know how this is 
I didn't really look into this, but I don't know how it's connected to the to the James Huntsman uh oh case. Hmm. That's basically after the same the same yeah. thing. Anyway, yeah. um uh Josh says uh that the case has some interesting analysis for what I do, for what he does as a, as a living, but I thought it might be even more interesting to you guys. Hmm. Uh yeah, there you go. It's all it's fascinating stuff. I the the big thing that I'm hoping for is that one of these uh, cases will force the church to open up their books. Oh, I know. That's uh, where the glorious. That's where we want to. That's what we want to see. Be such a, an amazing day. The vast, unbelievable holdings that are so embarrassing. Right. And the things that they actually own. Yeah. I bet would be embarrassing. Yeah. You know, like all that stock in Hooters that they never. <laughs> like unloaded you know they're unloading it right now <laughs> i promise you it's been unloaded now that these uh court cases are going through uh, uh speaking of josh by the way uh he's our first person to thank oh, uh great he uh, gave us a donation over there uh to the paypal uh one-time donation and for that josh congratulations you now have the priesthood you are a deacon Peace be upon you. You're amazing. That's wonderful. And we also have a new new deacon over on Patreon. Um, Do tell. By the name of Jennifer. Oh. So thank you uh, to uh, to you, Jennifer, and to Josh. Um, and if you'd like to join them in support of the show. And can I can't think so. of a good reason why you wouldn't. <laughs> you can just go over to thankgodimatheist.com uh, and click on the support tab. Yeah. And uh, that it gives you options. It'll, it'll look. It'll you'll be able to just glide right through the process, and by <laughs> the end, you'll have a little less money. Yeah, and we'll feel a little appreciated by yeah. you. It's wonderful. Um, and as always, Dan, we have our top donor to thank, our Lord and Savior, Demonium. Woo! Thanks, guys. Stick around. There is more show coming up. Dan. Hey there. Uh, we so yeah. I want to I want to follow up on this that we kind of talked about at the beginning of the show. This idea that like last week we were talking about the Mormon Church alienating conservatives. Yeah, right. Um, and probably a lot of the older conservatives of of Mormondom, uh, with all of their uh. Their, their, their talk about the vaccines and getting vaccinated and wearing masks because that's just running afoul of like their worldview and they don't know what to make of of the prophet now there are people calling uh, uh russell nelson a false prophet it's it's madness and it's and it's absolutely crazy and we were just giddy at the prospects of the skiz continuing uh to uh to present itself and 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 mm. it's clear that how one group could break off from the church. Uh, and then uh, during this week, uh, Jeffrey Holland, uh, is, top dog at the LDS church. Yeah. Uh, uh, is he quorum of the 12? He's quorum of the 12. I don't think he's in the first presidency. No. He went to BYU. That's Brigham Young University down in Provo, Utah. Uh, it's the, 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 the Mormon church owned university. Yeah. 
that's actually the the quorum of the 12 and the first presidency like these guys serve on the like the board of directors yeah right like this is a tightly controlled and closely held university to the church itself like this is a very 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 important institution well, it is it them. is their flagship school mm -hmm. it is it is their way of saying to the world look how educated we are mm -hmm. uh look you know they they see it as a as a grand beacon to the world and boy holland hit that hard holland by the way used to be the president of the university yeah from like 80 to 89 right yeah uh and he so so he's there talking and he and uh, you know he starts off as mormons all do with their talks with an anecdote you all that you got to start it off with a story mm -hmm. that is almost certainly not true <laughs> uh but is presented as absolute truth oh absolutely. clearly and who would uh, and he that? told a story about driving from from his home in st george up to to salt lake city and on the way home seeing the why for byu for young brigham young the why up on the mountain and saying mama what does the why mean and you know just having this just just feeling like that must be the most amazing university in the world if there's a if they've got a letter on a mountain seriously my god what what could be bigger he that definitely <laughs> didn't a happen greater indication of like of uh you know scholarship yeah. could there possibly be right than the destruction of a side of a mountain it uh, it 100 never happened anyway that's how he <laughs> opened it here's the thing we were talking about the alienation of the arch conservatives mm -hmm. uh, of the Mormon church. He then brings up a letter that he received. Sorry, he called it a memo that he received. Uh, <laughs> then he referred to it as a document. Hmm. He never called it a letter. It was very clearly a letter. Uh, he said, uh, imagine the pain that comes with a memo like this one I recently received. He, he quotes the letter. You know, the writer says, that some people in the extended community are feeling abandoned and betrayed by BYU. It seems that some professors, at least the vocal ones in the media, are supporting ideas that many of us feel are contradictory to gospel principles. Uh -oh. making it appear to be about like any other university our sons and daughters could have attended. Several parents have said they no longer want to send their children here or donate to the school. Uh -oh. That last one was was the dig they knew would hurt the most. The most <laughs> unkindest cut of all. They won't donate. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, any and, good university is going to be worried about their donors. And what is the wedge issue? What is the terrifying specter that hangs oh. in the air over uh, over Brigham oh. Young University? It's not even like, okay, say it. The gays. They're too nice to the gays. It's that they're too nice. They are. Nice. They it's are. not that they're doing anything beyond just being nice to gay people. Let me tell you something. When your complaint, when your giant worry is that BYU <laughs> is being overly generous with the LGBTQ community, <laughs> because no, first, A, first, no. Right. They're not, 
No, it's not. Uh, the fact that like you're allowed to be gay and not stoned on campus, right? Uh, it does not equate to acceptance of LGBTQ people. I don't know. It's pretty nice. It's pretty nice of them. Pretty, to, pretty generous. To, yeah, to, to have hidden all the the stones. Well, uh, I'll tell you this, uh, brother slash elder slash whatever you're supposed to call uh, Holland. Uh, he's not having it. He's not having it. He uh, he will not have the author of that memo be turned away. He is saddened by their pain. Mm. And in spite of, can I just say, Frank and I have talked about Mormon men weeping. Oh, yeah. And that, you had an interesting point about it when we were talking earlier, yeah. uh, because it is, it's more than just a deep annoyance. Right. Uh, talk about like, because he starts off his whole speech with, as many of you know, I, I cry at the opening of a supermarket, okay. uh, which, was, which, which was his signal that we're going to be hearing that weepy voice a lot in this talk. Uh, yeah. And, and boy, did we ever. Well, yeah. And we've kind of marveled on the show about how like it's the one place where most Mormon kids actually see their father cry. Right. Yeah. It's at the pulpit. They will see they will they don't see it at home. It's not no. while watching, you know, some tearjerker movie or with with mom, you know, or at home or, or, at home dad has three emotions right. which are mildly amused, angry as shit and sports. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, the do- the family dog dies, nothing. Right? right. Like like but boy you get up and start talking about the church and your feelings about the church and they just turn it on. Right. Right. Well, I read this article that was, it was kind of talking about some other things with these sort of, you know, displays, these, these religious displays of, of like faith, like snake handling. What did they call them? They They call them creds, C R E D. Right. Um, and I I can't remember exactly what it stood for. Um, but, it's these public displays that that different churches and different uh, traditions have, religious traditions have. The, the one that springs to mind is Pentecostals and snake handling, right? right? Um, where there's something a little dangerous, or maybe there's something a little humiliating, or whatever, right? And I had never thought about the weepiness as being this mm. this this um, sort of religious like mind control yeah. thing, right? Where when you engage in the activity, you're actually like um, furthering your uh, entrenchment into that community. Right? Yeah. And, and Cre- so like, credibility enhancing displays. There you go. Or, or I mean, that's, yeah, that's what the cred stands for. Yeah. And so like, and, and I had always just thought that this, it was just this weird cultural thing Blah, 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 blah. I never thought about it in terms of the weepiness actually being a little humiliating. Yeah. Right. And so. And, and that actually conferring a sense of credibility on yeah. the, the weeper. Yeah. And it, and and in addition to that, it further um, bonds the person to the belief system. Well, you know right? what it is? What's that? It's virtue signaling. 
Well, yeah, of course it is. When yeah, the yeah. fucking when when the you know the right here in the U.S. will never shut up about all the left and their virtue signaling. You mm-hmm. know, it can't possibly be that we actually care about the feelings of you know Black Lives Mattering or you know LGBTQ stuff. It's just that when we say it, we're virtue signaling for the rest of the right. Thing. Who signals virtue? More than the religious. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. Like, right. they are, th- everything they do, like, the f- you move into a, a house in, uh, you know, in, in Arkansas, and your neighbors will come over, and immediately, the first question they'll ask you is, have you found a church yet? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. virtue signaling. That's yeah. what it really is. And so is crying. Mormon crying. Right. Anyway. Back to this thing. Back to what this dunghole said. Uh, <laughs> he... He quoted another uh, Mormon apostle, uh, Neil Maxwell, mm. and he said, who said, apparently, quote, in a way, Latter-day Saint scholars at BYU and elsewhere are a little bit like the builders of the temple in Nauvoo. That was the first Mormon temple. Yeah. Just so you guys know, Nauvoo, Illinois. It doesn't matter. Anyway, who worked with a trowel in one hand and a musket in the other. Today, scholars building the temple of learning must also pause on occasion to defend the kingdom, I personally think. Hmm. Why, why did they have to have muskets while they were... Why did Mormons have to defend themselves <laughs> over there in um, not, Illinois? Because persecution, Frank. Yeah, not like that they were being dicks to everybody. Not, not like they weren't no. just... Uh, yeah, the threatening the way of life of all of the people around them, destabilizing yeah. the whole region. Right, being uh, awful. Yeah, yeah. So don't don't be like, oh, everybody's after us all the time. But no, that's you, the you not, also brought it on yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang anyway, um, no, another digression. And then and then he quotes another apostle who, Elder uh, Dallin Oaks, who said, "I would like to hear a little more musket fire from this temple of learning." Oh boy! Uh, now, as as Holland points out, he could have said that in a way that it could have applied to a host of topics in various departments, but the one he specifically mentioned was the doctrine of the family and defending marriage as a union between a man and a woman. Ooh. They want, like, literally, the imagery that he chose, the metaphor that he chose, was violence against gay people. Yeah. Specifically, gunfire. Now, I understand that to be a metaphor. I think most listeners understand that to be a metaphor. We live in a country where plenty of people are don't get metaphor, mm-hmm. and those people own real guns. And also, <laughs> it's true. And also, uh, people who are always, always trying to connect the dots. Yeah, right. The the amount of just that that kind of thinking of like, well, what. Now, yeah, everybody's saying it's metaphor, but I really think that he's being for real. He can't say right. it for real. Like yes, he, he can't say that he means it honestly. Right. But that's really what he means. Yeah. So we should probably go out there and kill us a, a, yeah. a LGBTQ. And not for nothing. I mean, it wasn't uh, right after the fact, I don't believe, timing-wise. But that uh, lesbian couple was shot and killed down in southern utah oh my gosh i didn't even hear, didn't hear about, about that, that. yeah no. yeah some loony bin uh with a gun uh i think it was outside moab moab somewhere it's here's the thing at some point in his speech elder holland 
I'm not going to call him Elder. Holland. Mr. Holland. And his opus. Uh, he, he literally said that he has wept about the gay issue and met with them and he loves them so much. And he's yeah. just, you can't imagine. And boy, he got intense about it. You can't imagine the, the amount of energy and time we've wept over this issue. And it's like, bitch, you know what? You can't imagine what it feels like to literally be in physical danger yeah. because some asshole at a podium doesn't know how, how his, how tone deaf he is. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's really um, it's shocking uh, that he would choose a violent metaphor. Yeah, um, it's uh, I, I I don't know what I don't know what he was thinking, uh, but the the really damn I mean the damaging shit just keeps going, right? Yeah. I mean, for the people in the room, the, the people that the the speech was intended. For. And this was a speech um, specifically to the faculty, fa staff, faculty and staff of BYU. Yeah, and admin types. Yeah. yeah. Um, he starts talking about the funding, right? He talks about mm -hmm. money. Yeah. And he talks about and he talks about minutia, right? He talks about if the maintenance people need a new pickup truck, we approve it. Yeah, that goes through that goes through us. And and so he's sitting there and he and it's not like we're going to pull your funding. It's we're going to fire people. Right? Yeah. We're this is we control the purse strings. We control this institution. And he goes and he says in there that he doesn't care if they are the last institution standing up on this issue. Yeah. They will be the last. Yeah. If it he, comes to that. He, he he lionizes the idea of we have to be different. We have mm -hmm. to be brave enough to be the ones, the holdouts on yeah. this on this thing. Yeah. Uh, he later says, like he keeps hitting this musket fire thing. Yeah. I he know. didn't just glance off no, of I it. Know. He grabbed it and ran with it. Much later in the speech, he says, "Musket fire? Yes, we will always need defenders of the faith, but friendly fire is a tragedy." And from time to time, the church, its leaders, and some of our colleagues within the university community have taken such fire on this campus. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it isn't friendly, wounding students and the parents of students who are confused about what so much recent flag-waving and parade-holding on this issue means. The thing is, so what he's done now is said... A, we're not bending on mm -hmm. the gay thing. Right. Don't look to be bending. If you're bending, unbend. Right. And B, you are not allowed to criticize this church. Right. Do not criticize us. You're you're firing shots in the, you know, like he's it's his metaphor, it's his words. Yeah. Well, and he's gunning for the people, right? Who yeah. uh who are not in line. This, yeah. is, this is their warning. Yeah. Right? The next the next step will be action on this. I mean, they 
The next step will if, be all of these guys dying, but like no, I, in the meantime, they'll they're gonna do some more damage to that to that school. Oh yeah, this guy's in, only in this guy's only in his eighties. Yeah, he's got plenty of time to to do some damage. <laughs> these guys live forever. Oh golly, yeah, it's uh, they. It's the problem, truly, the problem of the gerontocracy. Yeah. Right. If if you set your your organization up in such a way that it's always going to be essentially the oldest person in the organization running the 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 thing, it's always going to be ran with <laughs> last last decades ideas or right or last the last centuries or ideas. three generations ago's ideas. Yeah, yeah. And and so like they're having a really they think that like you know doubling down on uh their stance on gay marriage and just accepting gay people fully into their fold is a good move yeah they, th- they think this is a good move and and so getting to the schism part of it i actually don't think there's going to be a liberal schism no they're of, just going to leave they're gonna just leave they're, they're gonna they're do gonna what s- we did yeah they're gonna and start. they're doing it in droves yeah. And and I think a lot a lot of people who maybe were still a little on the fence, I think we're kicked off the fence. Yeah. Or shot off the fence. Hi, new listeners. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to our show. <laughs> well, I and I think that's what's happening, you yeah. know, in churches across the country. I think yeah. uh I think a lot of the the really conservative ones are doubling down, and a lot of the people who attend those churches are finding out that their niece or their nephew whom they love is actually gay yeah and uh and their hearts are being broken yep. and sometimes their bodies are being broken but like they're going to leave yeah so good uh the, i i'm i'm sad about how how dramatically this will impact yeah uh some people some people's psyches some people's uh safety yeah but uh get out Get out while you can. Uh, all right. If you have anything you'd like to say about this, if you have a personal experience, if you ever, uh, if, if you are Jeffrey Holland's gay lover, please write into us. Podcast. Yeah, it's a disgusting thought. It's the face that Frank <laughs> made was not, it's not an okay thing. Uh, anyway, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGIatheist, and click the like button. And if you're looking for uh, an online community to join, we've got two of them, and they're awesome. Uh, We call them the Members Only Lounge. Uh, You can go to our website, uh, which is thankgodimatheist.com. It took you a second to figure that out. Slash. Uh Uh-huh. Members only. Yeah. Hey, you can go to Facebook, go to Discord. It'll whatever, take you there. Whatever you like. Yep. Uh, hey, thanks so much to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their fine music. And thanks to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And thanks to all of you, dear friends, for tuning in. We sure do appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.